How can we interrupt grind culture? People are burning out. There's fatigue. There's exhaustion. People are going on stress leaves. There's turnover. These are topics that aren't on face diversity, equity, inclusion, but there's an intersection. The people building a more equitable and inclusive future have the weight of this work built upon their tired backs. We have got to take burnout in general seriously, and especially for those who are leading this complex, systemic work, trying to combat isms in the workplace. The moment is now, the time is now, we have to find ways to beat burnout. And the only way to beat burnout is together. You're listening to A Recipe for Transformation with Krista Wilson, a podcast that helps build unique recipes to translate dignity and caring into equitable, inclusive, and anti-racist behaviors in the workplace, helping you transform them into ones that create an environment that fosters dignity, humanity, and respect for all your employees. Because leading transformations that stick require more than just knowing the words. It's about understanding why we are doing what we do and putting people first. A little while ago, I had an HR director reach out to me on LinkedIn, and she said that she leads diversity, equity, and inclusion for her organization. And she was hoping that I might be able to answer a question for her after she saw a post that I had made. She said that she's always loved human resources and she was really excited to take on the role of helping to lead diversity, equity, and inclusion inside of her organization. But she said that recently, she's been feeling quick to frustration, she said. She feels like she's constantly doubting herself and her abilities to do this leading of DEI, and that's causing her to question her ability to do her DEI task. And as we spoke in the chat, She shared that she was getting demotivated because the challenges kept piling up and she didn't know where to go for help or support and that was making her exhausted and she could see that she was slowly detaching from the work. And then she asked me a question and I told her the answer was yes. What was her question? She asked me, does this sound like burnout? And the answer is, like I said, it's yes. It's because burnout is not just what we think of as just exhaustion. It's so much more than that. And I'll tell you what, there's been so many studies that have shown that those of us who are working in and leading DEI are even more susceptible to burnout. So first, let's just talk about what is burnout. So the World Health Organization, they describe burnout as a syndrome that's conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. Okay, so what does that mean? It's essentially something that's ongoing, long-term stress, and it's specifically related to what's happening in the workplace. And as I said, since fall of 2022, and even I've seen a study from 2021, they're talking about that for those of us who are leading diversity, equity, and inclusion, burnout is even higher for us. And the reason is because there are unique challenges that come from leading this interdisciplinary type of work where we're having to look at how do you change 
the entire cultures of an organization. So we're leading culture change. And then there's policy change, changing the policies and the rules inside of an organization. And then there's human behavior modification. So we're asking people to behave differently. And there may be resistance to that. And then there's systems change. So we're trying to actually change the structures inside of organizations. And then there's also the content. So there's identity-based harm. And for those of us who lead DEI, many of us have an identity, at least one, who might be the recipient of an identity-based harm. So think bias, prejudice, discrimination, microaggressions, et cetera. So you put all of that together, and that's a recipe for burnout. So my experience, I'll tell you, that on top of this increasing workload, this grind culture, it's not good. It's not good. And my experience is that we're not talking about burnout especially for DEI practitioners, enough. I've had too many clients over the last five years tell me when I've been engaged in these diversity, equity, and inclusion-related contracts that while the contract on face might be the kinds of traditional DEI type of work you might imagine, so they've called me on to do work like gender justice, economic equity, bias, anti-racism-related equity, topics. They brought me in for that. And when I'm inside that contract, I start doing the kind of work related to how can we interrupt grind culture? People are burning out. There's fatigue. There's exhaustion. People are going on stress leaves. There's turnover. These are topics that aren't on face diversity, equity, inclusion, but they're definitely, there's an intersection. There's definitely an intersection. And I have to say, my assessment here is that the people building a more equitable and inclusive future have the weight of this work built upon their tired backs. It's a theme I hear often. And often it takes me as a space holding coach who's always talking about repair and healing as part of the way that I do DEI, it takes me coming in and holding these kinds of spaces for employees to know that they can raise these issues about burnout and name the kind of repair and space that they need for their tired bodies. So what I want to do, I want to take some time and talk about what burnout looks like. Because when I'm working with clients, I think sometimes we get caught up in the jargon and we might use the term burnout, but we actually aren't talking about what it looks like. And For this particular HR manager who reached out to me on LinkedIn and for other clients I've coached in the past, I can tell you that the symptoms of burnout can vary, but they're also very similar to things that you maybe have seen. So I always say that there's some emotional signs, there's somatic or physical signs, and then there's behavioral signs and symptoms. Let's dig into it. So the emotional signs of burnout are kind of what I saw in the conversation with the HR manager I described above. So it might be self-doubt, a loss of motivation, feeling inadequate, questioning their own competency. And then there might be these somatic or embodied or physical symptoms too, like feeling tired, being physically drained, having headaches, body aches, muscle pains, could have a change in appetite or sleep habits, 
you know, I had a somatic embodiment teacher and they talked about that when you're in a burnout state, you might feel a tightness in your stomach or consistent gurgling sounds. And you might think, did I eat something bad today? But actually, that's just the stomach's reaction to stress. You also might see a lowered immunity. So looking like you start getting sick more often than normal. And you might see behavioral signs too, the ways in which you're starting to behave and and act with others, like withdrawing from your responsibilities. I love rest. I've done a podcast episode on rest. And sometimes, sometimes we will use rest as a way to escape from our responsibilities, from people, as a way to hide. So this is one of the burnout responses that I see often. And there's so much emphasis, I think, for many of us in the field about rest, that this one can be a sneaky sign of burnout. There's also isolation and withdrawing from others. So sometimes when we're in a burnout uh, phase, we might disconnect from friends, from coworkers, and find ourselves physically actually alone, not just feeling alone, but actually being by ourselves. We might feel procrastinating on tasks, delaying deliverables, being late on deliverables. We also might see self-medicating. I've coached a lot of people who talked about using food, alcohol, candy, and other things to try to self-medicate because they know that they want to have hits of feeling good and they can't seem to find other places to get it. And I've also seen in real life in meetings when I facilitated sessions for clients I might have inside information about those staff who are under pressure and feeling burnout, and then I've seen them instigate conflict or have heightened sense of frustration or acting out in meetings because it's just displaced frustration and anger that occurs as a a way of showing that conflict and a way of demonstrating this burnout in ways that it's just misplaced. And then I've also seen this idea of not knowing where to start the work, a lack of focus, and tied to procrastination and and altogether full neglecting of our work and responsibilities. And what I have seen with each of these ways that burnout can show up, whether it be emotional or somatic or behavioral, what I have seen is that there's also a shame response that shows up. A shame response that I should have been able to handle things. And then there's also followed by guilt. And this is why it's so important that we not only know what burnout looks like, but then also know what to do about it. And I think part of it is once we know what it is, we can acknowledge it. And then we have to have some kinds of ways in which we can support each other through it. Do you feel like you're getting some amazing pearls of wisdom on this episode? At Wilson & Associates, our mission is to help folks like you promote dignity and care at work, to transform workplaces into ones that are equitable, inclusive, and anti-racist. We believe that it's more than knowing the catchphrases. This transformation requires understanding why we are doing what we do, doing it with integrity, and centering our humanity and joy along the way. This podcast is just one of the many ways we feed our mission. At Wilson & Associates, we help our partners create fun, supportive, and innovative spaces where our collective humanity is nurtured, 
our imagination is sparked, and we co-create recipes for advancing racial justice and equity. We know there's a well of information on DEI out there, and it can be a little overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. The simplicity lies in creating your own recipe for transformation. We aim to put humanity and dignity back into DEI and our workplaces so that we can create environments where each of us can thrive. So head over to our website at wilson-and-associates.com to find out more about how we can help you and your organization. You can take our self-assessment that can help you explore the different dimensions of DEI in your own organization and determine the best starting point to find your own recipe for transformation at deidiagnostic.com. You can find all our links in the show notes. And let's transform the face of DEI into the face of dignity together. So this is why I talk about this with my clients. We, we talk about knowing what burnout looks like is one thing. And then it's important to know, well, what is causing the burnout? And then what can we do about it? So in my work, whether it be leading diversity, equity, and inclusion consulting and coaching, or whether it be through hosting the DEI Dinner Party, which is the membership-based learning and coaching program for those folks who are leading DEI inside their organizations in some capacity, what we know is critical is that we have to have safe spaces and teachers and coaches to dig into all of this content. But we don't always have those safe spaces and those teachers and coaches to do so. I think that's why when I saw the 2022 WorkVivo study that found that, can you get this? 98% of HR professionals had felt burnt out in the last six months. And I think it was something like 70% of those people were ready to leave their job as a result. This is wild. It's wild. And it's preventable. It's preventable. So here's what I want to offer. I want to I want to offer some things for those of us who are doing diversity, equity, inclusion. That could be because you're a chief operating officer, you're an HR manager, you are a ERG staff member, or you're a CEO. It really doesn't matter the role that you have in an organization, but if you are leading and supporting diversity, equity, and inclusion, you are at a higher rate for burnout. And I want to give some reasons why we're at risk of burnout. And then I want to give some solutions of what we can do. So maybe I'll offer at least five not-so-secret ingredients, okay? So here's the first. The first is that DEI leaders, they need more resources. When I say resources, I mean money and time. So we know that DEI leaders need budget. They need actual dollars to do this work. And there's a kind of a movement happening right now where there is, for some organizations, a defunding of DEI where budgets are being cut across the industries, across sectors. And it's going to make it very difficult to see the kinds of outcomes and impact that we all want for diversity, equity, and inclusion. So one way to not put pressure on DEI leaders that are just unrealistic, is to give them the resources they need, including a budget. The other is time. When we talk about diversity, and that's actually changing the demographic composition of a place, that takes time to do. 
if we're talking about how do we create a more equitable environment and then we want to actually track equity. So it looked like this in 2022. And now in 2023, here's some early signs. And now in 2024, here's what we see. It actually takes time and we have to be tracking it. So we need to give DEI leaders a real luxury of time to see the impact of their investment. I've seen too many leaders being asked to show the impact of their DEI investment in a three and six month outcome. And we just can't do that. The other thing that's not realistic is to ask DEI leaders to hire a consultant to lead you know, two 90 minute trainings and then ask if their entire staff is now anti-racist. That also cannot happen with, what is that, uh, 180 minutes, so three hours of training. So these leaders need resources. And if they don't have them, the pressure and the stress on them to be the sole person responsible for these mega outcomes leads to incredible stress and pressure. The second thing that our DEI leaders need is training and coaching support. And this looks like a lot of different things. So it can look like giving them the budget to go out to get a training at a training center or resource facility. It can look like hiring your DEA leader a coach where they can have a thought partner, a strategist, and an advisor to help them do the implementation of the plans that have been developed inside the organization. This is the kind of work that I provide as the consulting arm of my, of my business. And it's also what happens inside of the DEA dinner party where people can come together as peers and share content and information and also get coaching once a week. Here's what we do know. None of us know all of the aspects of the DEI spectrum, right? There are so many of our individual identities that are at risk for prejudice and harm and bias who are deserving of equity and inclusion. And none of us are, are an expert in all of them. Even I get training on the skills and topics where I'm underdeveloped. So we all need training and we need the budget and resources and space to get that. The third thing is that we can't do diversity, equity, and inclusion in a silo. So no more DEI in a silo. That's number three. Those leaders who are working on diversity, equity, and inclusion need DEI baked into the DNA of every department and every role. And that way it's a team effort and not just the effort of one or few. Number four, DEI leaders need the organization to create metrics. This is the thing. For too long, we've been just doing DEI activities, a training here, uh, a workshop there, a, a coffee chat there. And we can't generally say as a result of these ragtag activities, here's what's better enhanced and improved for diversity, equity, inclusion. And yet our DEI leaders, people look at them and say, well, what have you done? And how has DEI been improved under your watch? And that's a lot of stress and pressure. It also has led to a lot of budget cuts as a result. And here's the thing. Most organizations don't have the metrics to help them determine how they'll know if their DEI investments were successful. And so without this, without the organization doing this, DEI leaders don't have the shared accountability across the organization. And they are often just seen as the sole drivers, the sole owners of this work. 
You know, I know in the DEI dinner party, this is why we have both a template for building a DEI plan. We have a template for creating goals for your DEI work and also creating the vision of what you're trying to change. I find that these kinds of templates are critical, not just for having the conversation as the leader, but also having them with your teams and then for having a concrete plan that you can call and check back on to see, are we making progress? Are things measurably improved toward diversity, equity, and inclusion? This is a kind of, I would say, like intentional discernment that we need to have across the organization and not just on the DEI leader. And so much has been written that has said this would take a lot of the pressure off of those leading DEI, and it will help interrupt the burnout that's building in those leaders. And that leads me to number five. DEI leaders need a community. Look, they are also experiencing microaggressions, power dynamics, and systemic harm. And in their role, there may be no one internally for them to turn to. They need to tap into a network where they can get support from fellow DEI leaders, other practitioners, where they can share ideas, mull over best practices, and also just lean on each other to interrupt burnout and stave it off altogether. You know, for myself, I'm in two learning communities where I go to to ask questions like, what are y'all working on? Has anybody experienced a challenge like this? Does anybody have a tool or a template that can help me accomplish this? Just the other day in my learning community, somebody asked if there was an assessment to look at culture inside of an organization. And that would save them the ability to either have to create it themselves or to buy one, right? So this is the beauty of being in a learning community with people who are doing the exact same kind of work as you. You can share resources, bounce ideas off of another, go through practice sessions together, share resources, and really this idea of collapsing time where if I can save seven hours because I've got my question answered by a colleague, it just makes a lot of sense. And really, this is at the heart of why I even created the DEI dinner party in the first place, right? To create a community of people to come together outside of their organization where they can just share resources and make connections with one another, doing this important work in a safe space together. This is my my one, I guess my one heartfelt thought about this burnout. I just know this to be true. If we don't create a recipe to address burnout and use some or all of these ingredients, folks who are doing DEI, they're going to burn out. I've read countless articles and talked to countless folks about this. There are plenty of ingredients that I didn't go over, but but I do know this to be true. We have got to take burnout in general seriously, and especially for those who are leading this complex, systemic work, trying to combat isms in the workplace. The moment is now. The time is now. We have to find ways to beat burnout. And the only way to beat burnout is together. Creating unique recipes for how people can experience dignity and also thrive at work is a mission that involves and requires all of us. If you felt moved to take action through this episode, I hope you'll subscribe, leave a review, 
and share this podcast with the people that you know are gonna benefit from it. The more dignity and respect that we can build into the workplace, the more we can create the kinds of environments that foster and celebrate our humanity. In this episode, we spoke a little about my new membership, the DEI Dinner Party. The DEI Dinner Party is for people who are leading diversity, equity, inclusion, well-being, and culture change inside of their organizations. It's for people who are looking for support, strategies, tools, and resources to help them be successful as they work toward building workplaces where people can thrive. By joining this membership community, you'll be enabled to build the skills to lead, to sustain your DEI efforts, to save money on DEI trainings and initiatives by getting exactly what you need all in one place, and that conserves energy. And you're gonna have access to a joy-centered community of peers that can assist you in your DEI goals. To find out more, go to recipefortransformation.com slash DEI dinner party. The link is also available in our show notes. Here's the thing, you can't sustain DEI in your organization if you aren't sustained. And the best way to do that is by building communities and places where you are supported and not alone. So I want you to join me and join the DEI dinner party and a community of leaders just like you to amplify your leadership and join forces to change the world.